You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 20 of Take a Vow Podcast. I'm Eli Tokash. And I'm Sydney Lucas. It's spooky month, Eli. Happy almost Halloween. Happy Halloween, Sid. Oh wait, it's not Halloween, but like happy Halloween season. This is so exciting. Halloween's such a fun holiday, Um, especially like in the musical theater world where you can like dress up as other people similar to what yeah. you do on stage <laughs> so yeah have you been watching like the 31 nights of halloween uh duh have you been <laughs> of course are you what kidding movies have you been watching oh well i mean i've been watching movies like hocus pocus i've been watching ghostbusters i've been watching surprisingly charlie and the chocolate factory um <laughs> and, and I, I don't know where that one came from and like the goonies but also drum roll they also are showing beetlejuice a few times this month so i actually i've actually never saw the uh movie version of beetlejuice and so i'm glad i'm glad that um they're doing that now with the 31 nights of halloween but speaking of beetlejuice do you want to announce our guest what a coincidence because i know (laughs) today we have Presley Ryan, and she was obviously in Beetlejuice. She was also in Fun Home. She was in Annie and a bunch of other things, and we're so excited to have her on. Yes, yeah, so should we just turn it over to Presley? Yeah, let's turn it over to Presley. Presley Ryan, curtain up. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, Not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Today's guest is the breakout child star who you may know from her role as Lydia in Beetlejuice. Uh, she also was in Fun Home and The Grinch Who Sold Christmas at Madison Square Garden. She was in The Sound of Music Live and a bunch of other theater and TV shows. So let's start the show. Presley Ryan. Hi, guys. Hey, welcome. Thank I'll- you for having me. Just so you know, Eli and I fought on who would be able to intro you, and ultimately, Eli won. Oh, my God. How did yes. you win? I won because I was like, oh, I go to school with her, and I'm like in, I was in her geometry class all year last year, and now oh, we yeah. have pre- a pre-calc that geometry. Was a hard oh my god! Class. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. thank God Miss Franco took over, but that's a whole other story. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're so excited to have you on, and we can't wait to like learn about your stories yes, and so your excited. your career a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you've been doing theater since you could walk practically. Yeah, basically. Where did that Where did that instant connection to theater come from for you? Oh, good question. I mean, I've always loved theater since I was a little girl. I would always sing in the shower. It was always that kind of thing that was just something that I enjoyed doing. And I never thought that it would be something that I would pursue um, professionally. And I think that ever since I was little, I would do shows at the JCC, my local community theater. And um, I was taking an acting class um, just in my town. And um, one of the ladies who worked there was like, you're really good. You should go and audition for Matilda on Broadway. And at first we were like, oh, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Um, let's not do that. And I think I begged my mom to go. It was just something that I really wanted to do. And she took me to the open call for Matilda. We waited for four hours for me to go in, sing a song. Um, wow. I went and I just remember like having such a fun experience. I ended up getting a call back and that's when we were like, oh, okay, maybe this is something that we could actually do. And that's kind of how it all started. Wow. Matilda, it seems like every kid like from our age group like started somehow in Matilda. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's been around <laughs> for like forever now. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah we're still not escaping it yet. <laughs> it's been closed for like five years and we're still... Really? That long? Yeah, about that. I didn't know that either. I I had no idea. I thought it was like two years ago. It was about four to five years, I think. I I could be wrong, but I I think that's accurate. It was during Finding Neverland. I know know that for sure. I think you're right because uh, we did a – the Fun Home Kids did a video with Gabby. I I can't remember, but it was in the middle – it was while I was still there, but it was in the middle of our run, and we did this whole, like, happy – trails or whatever happy clothing yeah. matilda and gabby did this whole like thing because obviously she was in matilda um right. so i think you're right i think it was five years ago that's so crazy what yeah so i guess let, let's start at the very beginning get it because it's like sound of music Ooh. um i don't know if this is actually the beginning but i liked the transition um <laughs> You understudied Brigitte and Marta for The Sound of Music Live, which I think, like, Sydney and I were talking, we were like, that's kind of the coolest thing ever. Oh my gosh, Um, it was so cool. Yeah, so talk to us what the rehearsal process was like for that. I mean, how it was televised in a musical format, like, all of that. Was it nerve-wracking? How was that experience? Okay, yeah, I mean, I was so little. This was my first ever professional show. I was... 
I think I was nine and like a little baby. And I remember um, this was like the first thing that I had ever gotten professionally. And I was just over the moon. And I remember like we started rehearsals in the city in like this like secret location that nobody would know about because it was like this big production with like Carrie Underwood, Audra McDonald. And so we were like in this undercover like location on like the in downtown like NYC and like I just remember like we rehearsed for like a month and a half for like a one night thing which is like crazy long then we went to like Long Island in this like crazy big soundstage studio and we like we teched it for almost I think we teched it for like a month which is like a crazy long tech period but there were so many sets and yeah I mean I'm pretty sure but like it was definitely a long tech process and like we were there were so many crazy different elements, like crazy costumes, crazy sets. It was huge um, for any kind of like televised performance, which like it was the biggest set that I've ever seen, I guess, that I've been a part of the show. It was just a crazy experience meeting all like those people that were a part of the show. It was truly like unforgettable. Yeah, I mean, Carrie Underwood, Audra McDonald. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, what more could you ask for? Crazy. Seriously. And is your first professional thing, like, not a big deal, you know? <laughs> just, like, casual. I'm working with Carrie Underwood and Audra McDonald. <laughs> I was definitely very starstruck of them. <laughs> yeah. Being that you were an understudy for this, li- for this live one-night, I guess, musical, pretty much, mm-hmm. did you have to have a costume on already just in case you need to quickly go on or what was like the protocol for if you needed to like step in within a matter of minutes yeah I mean I actually don't think that we had our own costumes I think that because it was a one night thing they were like okay if anything we knew that we weren't gonna go on like it was a one night thing like the likelihood of anything happening was like very very slim and um they said that if we were to go on that they would like take their costumes and give it to us. And like, I guess on a commercial break, we would like put it on. It was like a crazy thing. But me and some of the other understudies, we were in the audience of like the big performance towards the end of the show. And so we had our like own little like villagey costumes for that. But other than that, we didn't have any costumes. Wow, that's crazy. I would totally assume you would have your own costume for that. I know, me too. Thinking back on it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's definitely, especially if something got on the costume. Yeah, well, I mean, usually shows are, like, super precautious and take every caution necessary. So, yeah, yeah, that's surprising that you didn't have a costume. (laughs) But so The Sound of Music Live is a combination of both, like, TV and musical, which is obviously something that you've now um experienced a lot but like separately so you've done like a lot of tv and you've done a lot of theater um but what was it like to combine the two and kind of film a musical like because that's not usually how that works yeah definitely i mean it was it was pretty crazy i don't remember much because i was so little but i remember like we would stage the scenes for camera angles so it was very intimate the acting definitely wasn't as big as it would be for theater and I had always imagined myself doing Broadway theater things like that I had never thought that I would do something in the realm of tv and movies so for that to be like my first experience was crazy and 
I think like for the musical numbers, it wasn't like a fully staged musical number. We would do it in like these very small spaces and they would have cameras from up high and down low. So it was like staging a musical, yet the angles of it and everything like that were for film, which is so weird to think about. And I've actually never had an experience like that since then. It was it was crazy and totally unique in its own way. Yeah, what's so interesting about an experience like that is not only do the actors have choreography, but the cameras have yes. super, super <laughs> intricate so choreography. There were so many people like, behind the scenes. I think for any show that I've ever been a part of, this had the largest crew. There were like hundreds of camera people, assistants, wardrobe, everything. There were like so many people backstage. I don't even That's know how crazy. you would begin to plan something like that. I, I mean, don't know. especially like the director of it or the director of photography of it. Like, whoa, that's yes. that's a lot to plan and and a lot for the for the cameramen and everything. And and like if there's a dance number, the cameramen have to like weave through the pe- that's just that's crazy. And I have so much respect for the people who do that. And they pull oh, it off too. so smoothly. It's like yeah. it's incredible. And then like like she said, you know, they ma- they do such a good job of making these sets look huge. Meanwhile, they're really not as big as people think. So it's really cool how they can really imagine and place the pieces before, like like on a piece of paper before it's even put. Yeah, there's to so much that goes into it. I can't even imagine like being the person that plans all of that. It's crazy. So much stress. It'd be so nerve wracking. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> then uh, you made you before you made your broadway debut um similar to me you stepped on the stage of madison square garden which is also like has the seats like has more seats than any broadway theater um so in in that was the grinch that stole christmas where you played cindy lou who right so i mean how, how crazy was it to be on that stage for your first like theater performance and performing in front of 5,000 plus people. It was truly amazing. That was an experience that I will never forget. If anybody's like, oh, well, um, there, if anybody asks me like, oh, what was one of your favorite shows? I always say The Grinch because it's such a fun show with all the choreography and costumes and just the story of it all. It's just so fun and joyous. And like being a part of that show was like a party every night. And I mean, to be Cindy Lou, who was actually like also a crazy experience for me because when I was really young, I think one of the first Broadway shows that I saw was The Grinch when it was on Broadway, which was like so long ago. And I was in the audience and I don't remember this, but my mom tells me and she was saying that I pointed to Cindy Lou who on stage and I was like, I want to be that girl. And then that I got to be that girl and have that experience is so surreal. And I'm so grateful for it. You manifested that. I know I'm like I I didn't remember that my mom told me like a couple years ago and I was like really wait that's I I said that oh my gosh yeah that's awesome 100% no doubt (laughs) that makes the story so much better yeah no doubt you made that you made that happen let's talk about your Broadway debut uh you were a swing in front where you were an understudy in front home um meaning you had to know every single one of the kids tracks you had to know small allison's track and you also had to know the two boys's tracks um, boys. i know <laughs> that and, you, fun. and you made your broadway debut in fun home uh going on for one of these characters can you tell us about this broadway debut and also was it 
was it in the middle of the show or did you know beforehand? Like how tight of a turnaround oh. was it that you knew you would, were your parents there? Oh, yes. Okay. So I actually, I think it, I knew before the show, I was like at brunch with my mom and we got, I was like, we were on the subway when I got the call and like the connection was all crazy and it kept going in and out. So we like couldn't really hear what was going on. And oh. my mom was like, wait, Presley, I think they're saying that you're going on. And I was like freaking out. I was so nervous. I think that, especially when you're an understudy, you think and you predict the time when you're going on, but you don't know when it's going to happen. So that first time is like this crazy nerve wracking, but also really exciting experience that you've been like waiting for for so long. And so I think I guess because it was also my Broadway debut, I was like freaking out. Mm. And we got to the theater. I was going on as Christian, the older boy. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I, yeah. I made my Broadway debut as a boy. That, um, that's awesome. That's always my icebreaker. When I walk in a room, people are like, oh, tell us something fun about yourself. I'm like, oh, I made my Broadway debut as a boy. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's unique to anyone else. So yeah, exactly. with your wig and everything. <laughs> I know, Amazing. it was so funny. Um, yeah, so I found out before I got ready and we did the show. I don't really remember much. I think it's all like, one big blended memory, but it was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. Were, okay, like, follow-up question. So, I mean, how, like, surreal was it for you that, A, you were making your Broadway debut? Like, when I made my Broadway debut, I didn't really know that, like, it was as big as a deal as it was. But, like, for mm-hmm. someone who was, like, performing, like, for your whole life, like, that's you. that was your goal, obviously, right? Yes. So, like, what was it like? I mean, I think that it didn't hit me when I was going on and making my Broadway debut that I was making my Broadway debut. I think that if I ever start to think about it too much and think about like the bigness that it truly is, I would like freak myself out and like be too scared to go on stage. So I definitely didn't think about that. But I remember like when I had found out that I would be a part of the show, that was like feeling like I was Mm. making my Broadway debut. So I was over the moon. It was so exciting. That must have been such, like, adrenaline must have been carrying you through that moment. Oh, I yes. Mean, we were so excited to meet the the new understudies. We we were, like, we were making, like, things backstage. And, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to meet the understudy. I wonder I who it's going to be. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, Zell made me, like, a little, like, box thing for, like, it, I still have it. It was like a box and he like painted it and it and it had like, you guys made me like rainbow looms. It was so cute. I was so happy to meet you all. Yeah, we were so excited to meet you. We're like, we're going to give them gifts. We're going to make the best impression we can. <laughs> it was so, we were so, so ecstatic. Um, oh my spe- God. Speaking of understudying for three different people, how did you stay refreshed on all three of those tracks? Oh, good question. I mean, it was so long ago, so I don't fully remember how I did. But I think that I I mean, also just having experience from understudying recently, I whenever I understudy multiple tracks, I usually try to run my lines and practice as often as I can. So when you're an understudy, there's a lot of downtime throughout the show where you're not really doing anything. And especially in Fun Home, I was never on stage. So I had all this time backstage. And Admittedly, I did watch a lot of Netflix, but yeah. once a week, I would try to um, go over my lines, do the staging. I remember me and Ali Valdkino, we were the understudies together. And we would, during, I think, come to the fun home. And what's that 
big dance number at the end of the Raincoat of Love. Raincoat of Love, We yeah. would always do the choreography backstage and we would always just practice it. And we would, because we both understudied three roles, we would alternate roles. So like oh, one day cool. I would be Christian, the older boy, and then the next day I would be Small Allison and we would just rotate. That's um, smart. To just make sure we had it fresh in our brains, I guess. Yeah. Before your Broadway debut, like, mm-hmm. did you have, like, a formal rehearsal for Christian, like, prior to going on? I don't... I don't know, actually. I'm trying to think back. I... I think I did. I feel like I had my put in before that. Wow, okay. I'm pretty did sure you... I did. Otherwise, I don't think I would know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because, like, it, it happens when people, like, just don't have, like, haven't been able to rehearse. Like, in it's... Finding Neverland, I had to go on for Michael, and I never, like, I never had a put-in. I never had one rehearsal for him. Oh like, God. I didn't, yeah, I, like, didn't know anything. And, like, literally, it's so funny because, like, people were just, like, pushing me around yep. the stage being yep. like, yep, you're over here, you're over <laughs> here now. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so funny. I'm, I've never had that experience before, but I, in Beetlejuice recently, there were so many swings and understudies that would go on, like, for tracks that they had never rehearsed before, which is so crazy. And I'm actually, I'm very grateful that I haven't had to do that because I would be freaking out. Isn't it cool to see how, like, everyone comes together and, like, just to help him out and, like, yes. we're going to get through the show and still, like, <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, people are it's so awesome. supportive. They make it, like, a fun experience versus, like, a stressful one, which it right, totally. Um, normally would be. Um, okay, so after making your Broadway debut, you got the chance to play the title role in Annie. And, like, that's kind of, like, everyone's dream. Like, as a girl, to, like, play Annie at some point in their career. Like, even, like, me, I got to admit, there was there was, there was was a time where I was, like, I want to sing tomorrow. Like, come on. <laughs> like, 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 I want to be on stage singing tomorrow. Um, but, like, I mean, is that kind of, like, similar to you? Like, have is that someone you've always wanted to play? Like, what was that? Yes, um, it was definitely a dream of mine ever since I was little. Like, the songs that I would sing um, were Tomorrow and Maybe. I remember when I was, like, my first voice lesson that I ever had, they tried I, – I don't remember my voice teacher's name, but they tried to, like, make me sing Maybe from Annie. Of course. And I had around six or seven voice lessons. We would always work on Maybe, this one song. And every week he'd be like, okay, please memorize it. Work on it when you're home. And I couldn't memorize it. I couldn't figure it out. Like 10 voice lessons later, I couldn't figure it out. It was just (laughs) one of those songs that like wasn't working for me. But it was a dream of mine. And I'd always wanted to play Annie. I was a really old Annie. I was like, I think I was 14 and I I was 13 and I turned 14 while I was playing Annie. So, I mean, it, it had always been a dream of mine to play it. And I think that I never really had a chance to when I was younger. So I guess that's why I did play it when I was older, because I was like, I have to do this. This is on my bucket list. I want to get it done. And I did, so I'm really grateful for it. That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah, Annie Annie is just one of those um, shows that a lot of young um, girls or people in the business just – are so obsessed with yeah, I, I mean it's one of the most that. famous roles in theater like and then like yeah. as a kid to like be on stage that much it's like the coolest experience I mean for mm-hmm. us it was like Annie Matilda Annie and Matilda were pretty yes much Matilda good. was one of those definitely yeah 100% and like pretty much every single girl that I know has either been in 
Annie or Matilda or has auditioned yeah. for it. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Me too. Oh my God. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. That, that, first of all, that's awesome. Um, and then shortly after you played Annie, like you were stepping into another Broadway show and now you were able to do it in Beetlejuice, which like it became this massive hit that like came out of nowhere, but like everyone is like super excited for it. Cause like obviously the famous movie, um, but like how exciting is that? So it was a cool experience. And the fact that you were able to play like Lydia, like that's pretty cool. So you started out as the understudy, but then mm-hmm. you eventually like stepped into the role and your first show, like stepping into the role, like full time, I was actually there with Oscar. Wait, you and- were? Did you I was. Did I see you? After? I I didn't. I oh didn't. Why you should have told me. I would have brought you back. <laughs> no, I know. I was. I was trying. The thing is, is that like so obviously, like when Oscar goes to shows, he like brings fourteen people, and <laughs> so so we don't all get to sit together. So the plan was that I was gonna meet Oscar afterwards, and um, go like backstage with you and say hi and. Then Oscar like left, like he he like I couldn't find him because we weren't sitting together. I was actually sitting with his brothers, oh, and I wasn't I mean, st- sitting with him. He he was sitting with his girlfriend. Of course, of course you were sitting so, with. His <laughs> it was hilarious, and his brothers, by the way, were obsessed with the show already. Oh, like they had seen it yeah, so I've many times. Like they'd seen it like five or four or five times, I think. Well, well, was the best because they saw it so many times so they knew everything that was going to happen so they told me beforehand every <laughs> oh like my number God. he Wait, was like was that your oh first this- time seeing the show when you saw me yes it, it was it oh, was the first time i saw alert. I know it was amazing, and I actually got to see my friend Sean Montgomery, who was also on that night. Oh my and he gosh, was this Sean! Way. I love and Sean. So. Yeah, I know I love him too. But it was so funny because I'll never forget. Like my first time watching Beetlejuice was just with Oscar's brothers telling me the whole like <laughs> plot so and what was gonna happen. By the way, the Oscar that we're referring to is Oscar Williams, who uh, yes, who was in Fun Home, who you who you because uh, Christian, you you um. Uh, went on when for <laughs> went on worked fun, with him went yes, on in fun that when, I went on for in fun home. yeah when oscar called out so yeah that's the oscar williams we're talking about yes <laughs> okay so back to the question back to the question uh how much fun was it to play this like mischievous and like just unique teen angsty character in a show that was doing so well it was i mean it was so much fun i i'm still like thinking back on it through quarantine and everything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I did that. It's so crazy. And um, I mean, I don't think that I felt like the true weight of it when I was doing it because I've been involved in Beetlejuice for almost for so long. I think now it's been like two years since I was involved. I was involved from, we started doing it in DC. We did basically an out of town try and we worked the whole show and I played the evil clown and I sung backstage, did some other crazy things throughout the show, and we fully reworked the the show for Broadway. I ended up playing the jockey, and I understudied the Girl Scout and Lydia, and then I ended up taking over Lydia. So I think that how all of this kind of stuff just happened so fast, Mm -hmm. and like while I was involved in the show was so crazy, so I didn't like feel the weight of it. But I think that playing a role like Lydia is truly amazing. I've never played a role like it before, and I think that playing sort of an angsty, strange and unusual teen on Broadway is 
so amazing because it represents so many different teenagers around the world who feel alone and who feel like they they don't really fit in or don't relate well with their family and having these real world issues. So to represent that on stage for teenagers all over the world to see is just amazing. And I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's like it's real representation of, and especially because since you were a teenager playing a teenager on Broadway, yes. it's real representation of teenagers. For Definitely. sure. And you're super angsty, you know, like, so you was basically playing so yourself, angsty. not a baby. <laughs> so at the start of your run, you not only were in the ensemble, um, but you also were the understudy for Lydia and the Girl Scout, like you said. Did you ever have an experience where in the middle of the show you had to go on for Lydia? No, I never did. But I had like a crazy experience where I went on like really last minute before the show. It was like a Wednesday. I just gone to school for half the day. I left early, but I came at like a regular time. And normally when I would go on for Lydia, I would come like an hour before. But I came to the theater like 40 minutes before the show. I was like sitting down at my station, like snacking away, watching Grey's Anatomy. I love Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> and all, all of a sudden it's like past half hour. I think it was like 15 minutes before the show and over the loudspeaker, they're like, Presley will now be going on as Lydia. And nobody said, nobody came up to me and like told me I was going on. And I oh, was, I thought God. I heard it, but I wasn't sure. So I'm like, so I like opened my dressing room door. And I'm like, did they just say that I'm going on? And everybody's like, yes, go downstairs. And everybody starts rushing me downstairs and I'm warming up my voice as they're putting on my wig and putting on makeup and costume and everything like that. And I, I mean, I had gone on a couple of days before, so I wasn't like too freaked out about it, but it was so crazy and like how fast it happened. And we ended up being ready on time for the show. I think we were ready like two minutes early, which is like crazy. I don't know how I got ready so fast, but yeah, it was a crazy experience. I've never gone on so last minute before a show. So it was definitely a fun experience. You didn't even have time to think about how crazy it was. Oh my gosh, no. So yeah. you've never like had to, like not just in Beetlejuice, you never had to go on like mid-show before? Never. I kind of like wanted that to happen. I was like kind of waiting for it to happen and it never did. I kind of wish it did. It's a now. little exciting. It's okay. We'll make it a bucket list in, bucket in list the next show. Bucket list needs to happen, yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's many shows that are coming. Don't worry. So Beetlejuice was a very technical show. Were there any onstage mishaps that happened in Beetlejuice? And also, were there any onstage mishaps? Because you and I didn't really, we didn't have much of an overlap in Fun Home. I think uh, we had about mm -hmm. two weeks of an overlap. Um, but I do know that when I left, there was a situation where a, a drunk audience member basically <laughs> slithered backstage <laughs> and into the oh green gosh, room. I forgot about that. Yes, that did happen. Yeah, that did happen. Tell us about that because I wasn't there when that happened. I actually, I think like I was so out of it at the time. Like I did, I wasn't like paying attention to like what was going on. So mm -hmm. I didn't know until like two days later that it happened. But oh my God. I like, I had heard that like there was this guy who like came from the audience and like walked onto the stage because Fun Home is like a round theater and you can like basically walk on the stage if you want. This guy just like walked on the stage and just walked backstage and came came to like the stage management office and was like there were like there was like a lollipop jar drawer and he was like oh can I have a lollipop and like we're all 
this is what I heard it of. It's like, oh my god, that's so crazy. And like, <laughs> I guess they escorted him out. I don't. I, and then like, I guess they had like some security guards making sure to watch the audience members and making sure that they don't go on stage from yeah. that point on. That's crazy. And <laughs> obviously, uh, were there any onstage mishaps for Beetlejuice, being that it was such a a, a technical yes. show? There were. There were definitely a lot. I think. In terms of, like, what happened to me, I was going on as Lydia for the second time, and there's this moment in Creepy Old Guy towards the end of the show when I have, like, a cue to, like, push somebody off stage, and I just totally had a moment where I just blanked out and kind of forgot what I was singing, forgot what I was doing, and the moment where I'm supposed to push someone off, I just forgot, and they're so used to spinning with full force so I ended up getting elbowed in the nose and I <gasps> and I no. it started bleeding and actually I was able to like go off stage cry a little bit because that was like the moment where I was supposed to go off stage anyway so it ended up the timing worked out <laughs> and then I mean I finished the show it, it was it was one of those injuries that like you know when you get hit in the arm and it hurts but then you're like oh okay it's, it's probably just a bruise I'll be fine it was like that sure. And then I ended up getting an x-ray like two weeks later and I actually broke my nose. Oh no, my God. Yes, what? but it's all better now, so. Okay. Oh my God, that's terrifying. And you were like, it was just bleeding on stage and- It was, it was like, I mean, oh it was like God. bleeding and like there was like a spot. I mean, it wasn't like gushing blood, but there was like a spot of blood here. But I just, Lydia is full on- on stage like the entire show there's only oh my god it was break. when you were lydia oh yes, my god I, I was on as lydia and, and you did the rest of the show i did the rest of the what show because i didn't trooper. think that it was i didn't think it was With broken broken i just thought nose. it was like i thought it was like a bruise or something i was like oh it's fine it's fine i'll be okay the role Jeez, of lydia incredible. requires so much breath control and the fact that you had a broken nose oh my gosh i don't know how i did it i don't know <laughs> yeah you're hey. honestly just a trooper that's incredible. Like, actually, like, I'm actually kind of like, holy cow, like, what is it? I can't believe this is happening right now. Jeez, right? um, a broken <laughs> nose playing, like, the lead girl in Beetlejuice, like, not... Um, I, I, <laughs> it's I, I a story know. I'll tell forever. I mean, I, I mean, like, come on, you have the best stories. You, like, had like, a bloody nose. I have so nose. many weird mishaps and, like, crazy stuff, and it's like, it all makes for a great story, so, like, we laugh about it now, but, like, in the moment, it was like, oh, yeah, we were just talking with our our most recent podcast with Vanessa Brown, who was the obviously the oh Wrangler in front of me. Um, we're just talking about how the onstage mishaps are the stories that people ask for. Like no one ever asks, "Hey, know, what was the show that you did best at?" Like no, they, <laughs> they want to. Hey, what was the show when everything went wrong? We want to know that. That's <laughs> the audience, they love it. Like sometimes because there are so many tech elements to Beetlejuice, we would have to pause the show. Like if any of the tracks were in the wrong place, if something got stuck, sure. we would have to pause it. And the audience, they love when we stop. Sometimes we would have like such a dead audience and they just like weren't reacting to anything. And then the show stops, we restart, and all of a sudden they're interested. Because they're like, yeah. we were at the performance where they really messed <laughs> up. Like mm -hmm. they love it. It's so funny. You know what? I completely agree with you on that because you know how in Raincoat of Love, um, the... I know this story. I think I know this one. You do? You know how in Raincoat of Love, Allison turns down, turns, you know, is singing like ba 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 and she's kind of facing away from 
the stage, even though yes, the stage yes, yes. is everywhere around us. And then she turns around <laughs> and then three Brady Bunch-like people come up through the middle trap with like a bunch of fog and smoke. Um, well, one time I turned around and no one was in front of me and I looked down and all I could see were their heads the th- uh, Joelle, oh, Roberta, God. and Emily, all I could see were their heads still doing the dance moves. And the trap apparently had just stopped. It, 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 it's, it stuck there and it stopped. And obviously we can't do Raincoat of Love without those three uh, wonderful people. They're like yeah. part, some of the main people of, of Raincoat of Love, especially Joelle. Um, so we, Lisa Dawn, I think, got on the mic and, and she was like, okay, pause. And we all broke character immediately. We started singing songs. Oh my god! Yeah, no, we literally started singing songs. We we started. um, I think Joel started singing something, and the audience started like joining in. Being and he went, "Well, this is fun." And (laughs) do you know what song it was? No, it was Raincoat of. Oh oh, no no no. I don't, oh. I don't I don't remember what song it was. I didn't know the song when when he started singing it, but we lit, we all started like com- we completely broke character. That's and, hilarious. And um they finally got the tr- they, I think it was they we had to stop for we just started interacting with the audience basically, but we stopped for about a minute. They got the trap working and Lisa Dawn went, "Okay, small Allison, take it from the ba ba buzz." And then we started the <sighs> show from there. That's so funny. That's awesome. The audience went nuts. They loved it so much. They love everything like that. It's so funny. Like to see what like really strikes an audience and like gets them interested is like a mishap. Yeah, exactly. I know it's interesting too because like when those mishaps happen, like as actors, you know, like we kind of get down at ourselves for it. And like we're like, oh, like crap. Like I, I, I feel bad like this happened and like, you know, I have a friend in the audience or something like that. But like they love it. And it's just so funny, like how being on the other side is, it's like extremely stressful. I I always get so excited when there is a mishap. That's actually, that's just my perspective. I get so excited, except sometimes I would like have to catch a train after the show. Oh, we would have to stop and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to miss my train. But other than that, I really enjoyed the mishaps. Yeah, same. (laughs) Oh, I got so excited. I was like, ooh, this is fun. You know, because you're doing the same show hundreds of times. It's nice to sometimes have a little bit of variety. Yes, exactly. Okay, so you've worked with, like, literally everybody's favorite Broadway stars. I mean, from Rob McClure, Alex Brightman, Leslie Kritzer, Carrie Butler, Michael Servers, Judy Kuhn. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Audra McDonald, Carrie Underwood. Uh, I mean, come on. Wow. What have you... I mean, like, you're pretty cool, you know? <laughs> um, exactly. Wow. I mean, have have so, you even registered that in your mind? No, actually. This is, like, the first time that I'm, like, taking a step back and thinking about it. It's so cool, to, to be honest. I think that, like, I – because I started so early on in theater, I never really had these people that I, like, knew of and, like, looked up right. to. I'd always just really enjoyed theater. And over the years – um being a part of theater, I've grown to like find the people that I really enjoy watching perform. And some of those people have been people that I had already worked with. And I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. that's crazy. I worked with them. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, so, but what has it been like, what have you learned from working with like these big people that have so much experience? Like how have you been able to really soak in kind of what they're teaching you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've learned so much. I think, 
one of the most important things is to just be myself and to not really change myself for what the what I think that the um, people in the audition room want you to see or what the audience wants to get out of you. You just have to be yourself and let that kind of guide you and make you make specific choices when you're performing. And I think that that's one of the most important lessons I've learned. And also, um, I'm not going to take credit for this, Alex Brightman. <laughs> when I was in Beetlejuice, I had started going on as Lydia a bunch. I think I went on like four times in a row. And the next day, I had no voice. I just, I, I mm. didn't, I just didn't have any voice. And I remember I got a call between shows on a Wednesday to go on as Lydia that night. And I was like, I, I, I don't think I can do it. I, I have no voice. And I felt awful. It was one of the hardest things to say no to something, but it, it was like my job. So I felt, I, I truly felt so awful. And I felt like I wasn't doing what I was there to do. And from that point on, Alex told me that one of the most important things to do is to warm down your voice. I'd always, I'd never thought that that was a thing, but I always warm up my voice before the show, but I never warmed it down. I didn't know that that existed. So mm. um, I started to basically do, when you warm up, you warm up the octave. When you warm down, you go down the octave and it basically gets your voice back into its natural place. And if you go to bed with your voice really high and like after a show, it creates this like, tenderness so that when you wake up it's very hoarse and like sore from singing yeah. crazy the night before so warming down really helped me and I had never ever had I never lost my voice again I was never vocally tired again because I was warming down which was crazy and one of the most useful things that I've learned I guess from theater and like to be able to do a show like that eight times a week that's amazing. I'd never heard of that. I'd never heard of that either. And you know Alex Brightman knows what he's talking about because he has to do that crazy <laughs> raspy Oh voice. my gosh, yes. It doesn't hurt. He has like, I mean, he there's like a video on YouTube that he like talks about it, but he has like a vocal fold that he like speaks out of it of that sure. doesn't hurt him. So he's not actually using like his raspy voice. He okay. has like this extra thing that like most other people don't have. So a lot of the time, like we'll have talkbacks after the oh, show. No. So be like, don't try it. You're going to hurt your voice. Oh, but, Oh, he no. has this vocal fold thing that works for him, but what works for him does not work for everybody else. That is so cool. Right. Yeah, no, I've never heard that ever, but thank you for sharing it with us. So so warming yeah. down, it's just, you just, uh, do you do um, vocal, basically just work down the octave? That's what you said? Yes, it's like vocal warm-ups, but you just go down the octave instead of up. So it basically <sighs> just like sets your voice back into its natural place to be able to like go to bed and like, a normal way so that when you wake up your voice is not all high and like scratchy and hoarse from the night before oh i'm gonna try yes. that thank you thank you presley oh, of course i def i recommend it all the time i like warm down you guys it's so important that's amazing <sighs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. While you were in... Okay, so first of all, we were just talking about Alex Brightman. It seems like you have an incredible relationship with him. And while you were in uh, Beetlejuice, TikTok was becoming popular. Oh, I knew so, you were going to ask this. I knew it. I, I mean, like, come on, you're like a TikTok star. And of course, like your videos with Alex Brightman were always something that people loved and like would get so much traction. Mm-hmm. So like when you started making these videos with your cast and even like by yourself, like in your costume and anything, like, did you ever expect them to blow up like they did? Not at all. I It was, we started last summer. I had, I'd been making videos on it with my friends. It was never like a serious thing. And I remember we used to, there's this one moment during Dead Mom where me, Alex, and Dana Steinbold, she plays the Girl Scout, we would all just be in the vocal booth backstage sitting during Dead Mom. And we would have a couple minutes and we would always talk about like the latest trends and like what's hip with the teens during the day. So I would be like, oh yeah, like this is what we're saying. This is what we're doing. And one day he asked me about TikTok and I was like, oh yeah, I have it. It's on my phone. And I was like, wait, you guys, we should make one. So we started making them during this break that we had during the show. Me and Dana were in our choir costumes. We looked ridiculous. And we started to make these TikToks. They were terrible. The phone quality was awful. We like Uh -uh. found them like so last minute and we would just learn the dance and we would post it. And I had like, I think I had like 50 followers on TikTok. It was just like a joke. We were doing it for fun because like learning those dances, of course, are so fun. And like, Mm -hmm. we looked ridiculous. So we were like, okay, this is great. And I posted them. In the beginning, I got like, I think I was getting like 100 likes. It was like not a big deal. And we posted one TikTok. And it was like, I don't remember the song of it. But I, I posted it. I forgot that I posted it. I got home. And I looked at my phone and all of these notifications were just coming through. I think I got like, there were like 2000 likes and I was like freaking out and it eventually got to like 20,000 and I was like, this is so cool. And we started posting more and we like, and eventually like I started to gain this huge following on TikTok and we would do songs from Beetlejuice, which ended up trending on TikTok, which is so cool. Yeah. And we would see all these people like doing dancing and doing makeup to songs from our show and like there were millions of people doing this so it was like sitting back and see that happen was like the most surreal thing ever and we never expected tiktok to blow up like this and it was truly something so amazing and i'm so grateful that like we have all these this different audience of fans not only just broadway fans but it's like a whole right. new fan a whole new like group of people that know and love beetlejuice just from TikTok alone, which is so crazy. For sure. Well, I mean, seriously, because like, ha- there was a literally a point in like when I had TikTok of like my whole for you page practically being Beetlejuice. Oh my and, god! And like, and it literally like it wasn't like just you. It was like 
all of these other like famous TikTokers like using the sound that you basically like got out there and like started. So like, I I mean, I couldn't imagine like you were practically the reason that started and that has to be like such a cool feeling. It's crazy. I mean, it wasn't just me. I think a lot of it has to do with like the soundtrack that Beetlejuice has. It's such a catchy, amazing soundtrack written by Eddie Perfect. And I think that like the songs, they really stuck with people and people really enjoyed like making these dances and doing these things to them because like, the lyrics are so relatable, but also so fun at the same time. Definitely. And along with that, you know, what I think uh, drew people to your TikTok so much is because they got to see the behind the scenes of it. They got to see you in your crazy costumes and your crazy makeup yeah. right before you went on. But you were just all normal, regular human beings just having fun. I think that that is the coolest thing to look at. Be like, oh, my gosh, they're they're doing the show, but they're just normal humans like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely a reason why like people really enjoyed them. It's so cool. So now we're gonna play a game. Um, it's a it's a game we have definitely. Um, it's 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 been Eli and I love playing it. Um, and we've been playing it frequently <laughs> lately. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. Um, for any of you who don't know what Two Truths and a Lie is, basically what it is is, for example, Presley is going to say three statements. Two of them are going to be true statements. One of them is going to be a lie. However, Eli and I don't know which one is a lie, but our objective is to try and figure out what the lie is. So when she says her three statements, I will set a timer for one minute. Eli and I can interrogate her um, <laughs> however, uh, for, for that minute. And then after that, we have to guess. And we'll, we all have our two truths and a lie. Okay, I have to think of mine now. Ooh. Okay, Eli, you go first. Okay, so here it is. Okay. I played soccer before I started to perform. My first professional show was when I was nine. I lived with my dad for six years. Okay. Starting the timer now. Uh, which professional show was it? Mary Poppins. Okay. Was that my was my first professional oh, show. when you were nine. Uh, what was the Where... first one again? Um, I played soccer before I started to perform. Okay, interesting. I think that's the lie. You do? Am I playing this right? Is that how I play? Sure, you well, can. You, oh. Yeah, you can. I mean, you have a minute to ask me questions oh, and okay. figure out I what the lie is. Oh, um, where did you play soccer? I, well, I'm from West Virginia, so I played back then. I played soccer, I played football, and I played hockey um, back in West Virginia where I'm from. And then I started performing, and then I moved to New York, and then I couldn't play any sports anymore. <laughs> Oh, that sounds so convincing. Are you are you <laughs> counting? You were you were in. Uh, you did something in. Was it was it uh, Pittsburgh? Yeah, well, those were my shows that I started, and then like when I started doing shows in Pittsburgh, um, they were like, "You should go to New York." So that's then I moved it. So you so Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins as, your, as your professional professional one. Oh, right. Time's up. Oh, oh that's tough. Oh, Eli, that's tough. Okay, Presley, you you, you didn't even it. ask about me and my dad. I'm shocked. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going. Okay. I'm going with the soccer one. I think that's a lie. You know what? I'm gonna go with the soccer one too because you. I mean, all I, I and I don't doubt that you probably you you could have played soccer, but I know you you played hockey and you were like a, a hockey fanatic. I do know that you you we play soccer at um our school um but i don't know if you started playing it before then so i'm gonna have to agree with presley 
Yeah, way to stick with your gut, Presley. Because yeah, for a second, yeah, you were like, my, oh. Guys, that's my like SAT strategy. I'm working with an English tutor. And she's like, go with your gut. You have to go with your gut. The SAT, yeah. Like, once you think you have an answer, put it down. Go Don't waste it. time. Don't waste it. time. Yeah, that's my problem. I'm the worst overthinker. So, like, when I say an answer, I'm like, oh, but I could see it being this. No, and you can I- never think overthink on the SATs. You have to be very literal. I can give you my tutor if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I already took the SAT. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to apply in, like, three weeks. Oh, yeah, you're like, let me awaken but my third you, eye. Thank you. Quick. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Who wants to go now? I can go. I I thought of mine. All right. Okay. Awesome. Let's do it. Um. Yours can also be about like shows and stuff too. Like that was just okay. like a general. I feel like I talked so much about shows that it would be too obvious. So I'm gonna do like unrelated kind of. Okay. Great. Okay. My favorite color is black. I like to play tennis in my free time. And I go to SoulCycle once a week. Okay, starting the timer now. Where do you when play tennis? You... I play tennis at this place. It's local in my town. Um, I played all last summer. And um, I also, like, now I'm playing, like, once a week. So why is your favorite color black? And when did that start? Oh, my <laughs> God, I love black. I, I wear black all the time, like, black leggings, my backpack for school is black. I'm not really like a color person. I only really like wear like neutral colors and most of the time it ends up being black. And um, I don't know, I just really like it. Like if I ever go to the nail salon, black is the color I choose for my nails. That's um, and then what was the other one? Oh, um, what was it? Oh, that I go to SoulCycle once a week. Oh, I think that's true too. Um, yikes. I could, I could see all of them I, being I was, true. I was going to say the black, but look, she even has, like, black in her room. Ugh, that's... Um, okay, Soul Cycle. Oh. When, when did okay. Soul Cycling start? Um, Damn I it! Had... <laughs> <Ooh>. Time's <laughs> up. Yes. Um, okay. All right, wow, this is rough. Um, Soul Cycling once a week. I mean, listen, we're in COVID. How do you do that? Do you do it virtually? There's ways to do it. Hmm, what do I do? No. I know, I know. I'll I'll answer the question after you guess. Okay. Now that I think of it, like soul cycling, you know, you can't do it now that we're in COVID. But also, we just talked about sticking with your gut, so maybe I'm gonna go black. Also, Presley, I don't know why I feel like you're more of like a colorful person. I I think I'm gonna have to stick with the the black. I feel like your favorite color is like purple or i was thinking pink to be honest or, uh, yeah pink yeah something yeah okay, no so like you i said you? i think of you as a color a colorful person i wish i asked do you have a stationary bike in your home because because oh. okay hold on this is super tough imagine it's the middle one <laughs> yeah i know the, uh, the one we're not even thinking of <laughs> oh the tennis one. Oh, i think that no i think that's true i think you do, do play tennis Okay, so what's your guess? Are you, you know? The... Oh my god, deja vu. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Eli that it's the color one because I I just see you as a very colorful person. 
Yes, you guys are right. That's it. Oh. Yes. I was going to say, first of all, I've never seen you with black nails other than like when you're playing no, video. No, I actually do like to get black nails. I don't know what my favorite color is. I just know it's like not black. I don't have a favorite color. It's just not black. You like okay. the rainbow. See, that's what we're saying. You have a very rainbow personality. I, guess, I mean, I should pick a favorite color. It's probably pink. I don't know. It's See? Probably pink. Boom. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, Eli was right. Good job, Presley. That was so. Yes, wait, so you, you you do size, Soul Cycle once a week? Um, I I mean, I I like meant that I like did it once a week, like back in the day. Like I used oh, to okay. every Saturday before the show, I would go to Soul Cycle. Um, it's just like I love Soul Cycle. But yeah, I um, feel like I've seen that on like your Snapchat, like you at yes, Soul Cycle. Oh, I love Soul Cycle. It's it's such like a it's a it's we call it's like a cult almost. Like the people that go to Soul Cycle, like, yes, yeah, Soul Cycle cult. Like it's like people a religion. That go, you're like people that go they're like die hard soul cycle it's just like it's so much fun i love it it like relieves so much stress i feel so great when i do it now uh, they're they're doing like socially distanced like outdoor classes oh. you can, like they like have like um speakers outside and the bikes are like in their own little like spaces i did it this morning actually no That's way awesome. yes, I love it. i've never done well, that before but i i i assume you recommend it yes definitely recommend it try it out it's not for everybody, but um, if you like it, you love it. So I've actually gone, and I have to say, I do love it. I, I love so cycling. Oh my gosh, Eli, we're going together. I, that's fine with me. <laughs> I I knew like first of all, like you seem like a pretty like outdoorsy and like active person. Yes. So like, so I feel like I was like so cycling and tennis. Like I feel like that could so be her. Yes, I used um, to play tennis like all the time when I was little, and since like um quarantine and everything and last summer i used to play a lot and this summer like they're doing it outside again like socially distanced so right. I was like, okay i'll play tennis i guess yeah that's awesome wow. okay sid your turn okay my turn here are my three statements when i was little i slipped and face planted onto a star ornament christmas tree topper just days before pictures with santa yes. when i was when I was little, I tripped on the way to school, fell and hit my face, stood up, then fainted and hit the back of my head. Number three, I have never had a so concussion. Dark. Number three, I have never had a concussion. Okay. Oh, these are like all related. Why are you all being like so depressing? Um, okay. Wait, okay, ready? Well, the first point, yeah. They're not depressing. They're just me being clumsy. Yeah, that's true. I guess, but they I'm all have fine. to do with head injuries. That's so sad. I know. Yeah, you're yeah. so smarter than me. <laughs> I really was such a clumsy child. Okay, starting a timer, one minute timer starting now. How old um, were you when you hit your head on the star? Uh, I had to have been four because I was just young enough that I don't remember it, but old enough to, we have pictures. Oh. Wait, I feel like you have you, a scar on your head for some reason. Yeah, do you have a do you have a last do you have a mark from your I have multiple you scars your head on the floor? See? No. Okay, how old were you when you fell down the stairs or or no no no, no you no, fell you, like, and then you fainted. Fall, That's yes, actually yes. something I feel like could happen. I was seven. Why'd yeah, you that faint? Happens. Huh? Why'd you faint? Um, I don't actually know why I fainted. We don't know why I fainted. Oh. I feel like you fainted a couple times. I have. Yeah, I feel like that's something that could happen. Cool. And you've never had a concussion? a concussion. Oh wait, did you say you have a concussion or you don't? No, I've never had a concussion. Never. Ha okay. Oh. 
So, oh, okay. I feel Time's like. Oh, okay. Never had a concussion. Um, I'm going with my gut. I think that the thing where you fell and then you fainted is a lie. Okay. I think it's the star ornament. Okay. I think you. I I don't think you've had a concussion, but it it could have been like I feel like you could have had a concussion. Um, and then no, I feel like the fainting thing that I feel, feel like that's something like that that would you would happen to that would happen to you. Um. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my gut and say uh, and say the star ornament. Okay. The answer is drum roll. Eli, you were correct. Um, yeah. I did, I did actually um faint on the way to school. I tripped over my rolly backpack. Yes. Oh, little Sid. Um oh, and. Gosh. And I, I, yeah, I, I fell on my face, got up, I was fine, I went to my mom, started crying, and fainted. Yeah, I Do I win? I, I'm I, sorry, go ahead. I went with that, because I was like, you didn't know why you fainted, and I feel like if I, like, fainted, I'd, I'd like, my mom would be asking the doctor, like, why did she faint? What, does she have an underlying condition? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> underlying health condition. Yeah, <laughs> the, I did, however, fall on my face before pictures with Santa, but it wasn't because of a star ornament. We do actually have pictures of me with a giant, <laughs> a giant thing on my head from, like, a giant oh, bruise on no. my head. I Presley, it's a, it was an ongoing theme when I was young. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Was the I fell on my head constantly. This is probably why I don't really remember anything before age four. Ooh. Um, because <laughs> I just constantly does fell. anyone I'm, does anyone I mean, yeah, remember I, I any? Really, yeah. Really oh, okay. Well, then I'm fine. Then <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I've never had a concussion, so I guess I'm fine. But man, did I fall on my head a lot. Um. Yeah. yeah I'm. I'm surprised you haven't had a concussion, but I knew you hadn't had a concussion. So yeah. Um. But. Okay, so does that mean I win for this episode? Because, like, I haven't won yet, so I kind of want to win. <laughs> I'm, I'm an extremely competitive person. I don't like this. So I am like I. I'm sorry. But, but okay. this truly fantastic job, you guys. Yes, that was that was a good round. Good I job. Neither everyone. of you fooled anybody, but it really was difficult. <laughs> okay, okay, we get it. We get it. No, You're, no, like, no. a great liar. It's fine. No, but thank you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we could do this. Thank you for coming on and thanks for chatting with us. We had a blast. Um and um yeah, we will we'll see you soon and hopefully see you like in Zoom class for school. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Zooms. Yeah. Come back anytime to come back if you just wanna talk again and just have a fun time. Um, you're the best. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Too. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Take a bow, Presley Ryan. Woo! Oh my god, I'm crying. Um, <laughs> she's the best. No, seriously, she was so fun to talk to, and she we like stayed on forever and just like caught up. So it was great to see her again and catch up with her, but also learn about these fascinating stories that she had to tell. Yeah, she has had the opportunity to be an understudy in a lot of different things. Um, and the understudy, in my opinion, is one of the absolute hardest roles a person could have. No doubt, yeah. No doubt. Um, well, then, and then the fact that she 
went from understudying to becoming the main person yeah. just speaks for itself in her role and how she carried herself and just was able to continue to work hard and eventually um, do it night after night, which she learned was kind of hard to do. And then Alex Brightman like taught her some interesting vocal tips. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm definitely so going to use those from now on. Warming I down. Mean, I've never even heard I, of that before. I mean, come on, like whether you've whether you want to try it or not, Alex Brightman said to do it. You should probably do it. <laughs> you know, exactly, yeah, because um, yeah, I've seriously never heard of it, and I could easily and like, I mean, I've we've done shows before, so we could be like, oh, well, we don't need it, but at the same time, it's also like, how do you not listen to someone like Alex Brightman and take those tips? Exactly. Um. So yeah, that's definitely something that we sh- will try out and anyone who's listening is more than welcome to do that too yeah if you try it out let us know just comment on the on the presley ryan uh instagram post that we'll make yeah we're curious to see like how this works and like see if it works for everyone or if it kind of works for like different people because um, everyone has their own voice yeah yeah no, it, it's it's it it makes sense in my mind. It's logical. You it, you warm up to try and get your range, you know, to get those higher parts of your range. It it only makes sense to warm it back down and bring it back down mm-hmm. to like normal life. Because if you're constantly speaking up there, in the super high beltier whatever, at some point that's that is gonna hurt your voice. So, it's it's logical. It makes sense. And thank you so much, Presley, for uh, sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, another fun thing that she talked about was um, never. I couldn't believe that she'd never gone on mid show, um, oh, yeah. and and surprisingly, I've had multiple cases where I've gone on in in like during the show mid show. No way! And is this in Finding Neverland? Oh, you had a one time go on mid show for Jake in a Christmas Story. I did. So I actually, this is actually a very very fun fact. There's not been a show that I've done where I haven't gone on mid-show. No way. Yeah. So so for Mary Poppins tour, I went on in the mid-show a few times. During a Christmas story, I did. During Pippin, I did. During Finding Neverland, I did. So yeah, all of the professional shows, it's pretty cool. What was the tightest turnaround? Well, like it's mid-show. Like there's a show going on. Yeah. So like... So, I mean, like, you can't get much tighter than that. Um, (laughs) There was, I'll never forget this one because of the story. It was, it was the best story ever. Um, During the Mary Poppins tour, we had to be backstage. Like, obviously, when you're not on, you have to come backstage just in case anything were to happen mid-show. Yeah. Which is obviously rare, but it did happen. So, um yeah, so I was backstage and I was taking a math test. Oh my goodness. And <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to lie, like I was kind of stretching it just cuz you sometimes have that freedom as a uh as like <laughs> because you're backstage and have like a tutor. Um so I was like, uh like I'm it's a math test. I don't really want to do it. And, oh my goodness. And then, and then all of a sudden I hear on the loudspeaker, like, Eli, you have to come on, you have to get dressed. And, um, and actually I got out of the math test completely and never like had to do it. Saved by the bell. Saved by the bell. It was the best. (laughs) And so 
But this this is crazy because yeah. um you know like Michael Banks he he barely leaves the stage right like in Mary yeah. Poppins and and it was funny the way that we did it uh, during Super Califragilisticexpialidocious. Uh, the scene going into that, they're on the streets, and then all of a sudden they walk into the candy store. But mm-hmm. when they're walking into a candy store, they do like a little loop. And so all of a sudden, like I got dressed just in time to do that loop. And during the loop, I came on stage while the other one went oh. off stage. It oh was it was such a cool transition. And honestly, I all of a sudden, it was so funny. He The guy who played Bert was with us during the loop, and he like spun us around. And all of a sudden, like midway through Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, he whispers to me and was like, have you always been on? Like, like he was like, when did you get on? And, and and this is Kano Shade Creel. And I was like, yeah, Lucas has like a nosebleed and I had to go on and all of that. Like, it was so funny, but I'll never forget that story. My gosh, that's epic. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was a good time. Oh, have you ever incredible. had to like do anything like that or did you have to like leave mid-show or something like that? I I was only an understudy once and mm-hmm. that was um that was actually for the Metropolitan Opera. Um oh. I was I was part of the actors children's um I guess group and my brother was part of the was, was part of the children's chorus so he actually sang for the Metropolitan Opera I was part of the the acting um kids and we did um the Scottish play Macbeth I can say that because we're not in a theater um but yes. we did <laughs> Macbeth and I did go on every night for I, I I played a dying child and I also played I think Malcolm's daughter or something but I also understudied seven other girls. I understudied, yeah, I know. I understudied seven witches. And it was such an interesting experience because I didn't fully know any of the tracks. And oh. I, I I never had to go on mid-show, but I had to go on. I was told very soon before that I would be going on for one of the witches. And I was able to run through a couple things, luckily, because I would have been toast if I I couldn't. But there was that that was that performance was really crazy because there was kind of a I guess a miscommunication where be, I if I if I played one of the little witches there were seven little witches I understood eat all of them but if I played one of the little witches I would still go on for my part. There was for some reason a miscommunication that because I was going on for a little witch, I wouldn't play my part when in reality, I was going to play my part. And so I, after I got off from being, and keep in mind at this time I was eight years old, it's kind of, it's kind of foggy in my mind, but I went off stage and basically... I think they had started preparing another girl to go on for my part or something. And someone went, no, 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 no. She's going on for, she's going on for this part. And I, I don't fully remember the story, but I remember literally changing in a stairwell with five dressers, just ripping just clothes off my body and putting shoes on and, and, 
literally I had practically 30 seconds until I needed to be on stage. And because of this miscommunication, I had to change within a matter of literally seconds. And I was late for my cue. I, I, at the second I finished changing, I had to go run on stage. And the person who played my mom, who was supposed to be carrying me, she couldn't find me anywhere. And, and the scene revolves around me. So I needed to be there. And so last minute, I run up the stage and I see the person who's playing my mom and I just run up to her and I just start crying. And she she like on, literally on stage, she picks me up and brings me to the, like the center of the stage and we go on with the scene. But it really it fit well in the scene because I was supposed to kind of die in the scene. But that was a you know, that, that was a, one of the most crazy things ever. You know, it's interesting because when uh, an actor is called to perform within like five minutes before the show um well if it's that late i guess uh the audience it will be informed but when they're on like 30 minutes before the show the actor all of a sudden has to get ready for a role that they were not preparing for (laughs) and oftentimes the audience has no idea so it's very interesting to be a part of that and see how like crazy it is backstage and everyone's trying to help this person but from an audience standpoint like the audiences don't really always understand that or think about that. Yeah, true. There were a couple times where I called out. Uh, there, the first time I ever, ever, ever called out a fun home in my three years of doing it, I, I was kind of reluctant to call out. And I was talking to Vanessa and I was talking to the stage manager. And I, I, I was, I had a really, really sore throat and I didn't, you know, I at first I decided that I was going on, but as it as I got closer and closer to places, I was like, man, I don't know if I can sing this. Like my throat really hurts. And so five minutes before the sorry, Gabby, I'm so sorry for this, but literally five minutes before places, I went, no, I can't do this. And um, Lisa Dawn got on the mic and said, hey, everyone, Gabby's going to be performing. And a bunch of dressers rushed into Gabby's room to get her ready because I had only given her a five minute heads up. Right. Once again, I'm so sorry, Gabby. Um, and this and is her first time on? This was her first time on. Oh, my gosh. I know. That's crazy. Well, no, no, no. Not her first time on. She had gone on once for she got he actually gone on once mid show for Zell. Oh, no, I mean, like, in your role. Yeah, in my role, yes, it was the first time she went on. And it was also the first time that I had ever, ever called out of the show, um, including off-Broadway runs. So everyone came upstairs to see if I was okay, because I had never missed a show ever. Um, But, you know, I was fine, and and I I was able to walk down with Gabby and watch her go on stage. and, And we heard Lisa Dawn on the mic say, like, the role of small Allison will now be played by, because obviously they didn't have time to put the the papers in the, the playbills. Right. Exactly. So they, they announced that Gabby would be playing the role. And there was one other time where I called out mid show. Um, and yeah, that was, that was also because I was sick. I got sick mid show. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you, Gabby, for being such it's a so trooper. Fascinating. Yeah, no, yeah. She, she was such a trooper. She, she was, she was on it. Yeah, that's awesome. And honestly, it's really not that rare to that that happened. So I was yeah. shocked to hear uh, Presley never had got on mid-show or anything like that. But she did have that quick turnaround story, which was quite fascinating. Yeah. So, but yeah, it seems like everyone has a similar experience when they're called on 
with short notice before the show because I mean they're already at the theater and they were like just chilling and then all this and preparing for the role that they go on for every night and then um all of a sudden you're like I don't know what to do and everyone's just like running to your dressing room and sometimes Presley in Presley's instant in uh, in Presley's instant, she didn't even know that she was going on before the dressers showed up. Oh. So it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that but yeah, crazy. it's craziness. And I mean, seriously, nothing. It, live theater is so special yeah. because of stories like that. So have you ever had to call out mid show? I've actually never called out of the show. Oh, nice. Ever? Yeah. No, yeah, I've never been a part of a show where I've had to call out. I took a vacation in Finding Neverland, actually, and um, all of a sudden, someone broke their arm, and I was what? called to um, come back early from vacation oh, leave. Oh, my goodness. And unfortunately, I couldn't because I took the vacation leave to be with my family because we had a death in the family, um, and I was like, I can't come back. And so the person actually had to go on for Peter with a broken arm no. and a huge cast. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was crazy. But, oh, I mean, geez. those are the stories that yeah. just, like, make it, you know? That happened. And, and, and it's cool for an audience perspective to be like, oh, wow, I was at this one-time show where... Peter had a cast on his arm. So, like, that's pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. I find that fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you got to love live theater. Yeah, Come that, on. that's um, live theater for you. And the show must yeah. go on. That is... I'm exactly. Still, I'm still thinking about your story about how you, in the loop, you the other kid went off and you went on. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. That's it, it, I'll never forget that. It was the... It was literally one of the highlights of being in Mary Poppins. And, like, just it was so cool. Just because literally the cast members didn't even, like, realize it was happening. Um, oh, yeah. What because about the they cast were all members? on stage. Yeah, what about the cast members on stage? Well, yeah, they... I mean, they don't they don't know you know like they're they announce it backstage but you're not gonna know if you're on stage and Did you're kind of like whoa all of a sudden there's a new kid i mean obviously something happened but they they weren't oh they weren't uh alarmed or even okay. warned yeah. yeah i mean what are you gonna do like mid-scene just be like oh my god there's a new kid on stage and freak out like you kind of just have to keep rolling with it and then talk about it later and it mm -hmm. makes for a fun story did you get some weird looks like whoa what are you doing there i actually did and it was funny because um it wasn't announced to the audience until like the intermission because uh. until there was like a pause in the show and um and so, like, when I went out of the stage door that night, they were like, you know, I was actually one of the people that saw you run on stage. And I asked the person next to me if they noticed, and they said no. And I was like, oh, my God, like, that's such a cool, like, I don't know. It, like, made me feel yeah. really cool. Like, I don't that's know. It so was cool. like, I pulled it off, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it's fun. Like, people, like, notice those things, and that's what they love about, like, they say it makes the performance special, which, like, obviously makes you feel special. So, it really yeah, it's does. cool. It's cool to be a part of that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Well, <laughs> that about wraps this episode up. I know we've talked for a bit. Um, 
so I just wanted to, we just wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's episode. We're so happy that we kicked off spooky season with Presley Ryan from Beetlejuice and had some Beetlejuice talk. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week for another episode. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Sick beat, am I right? For our curtain call, we wanted to give a few special thank yous to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon for our amazing music, Giselle Bustos for designing our logo, and Tessie Tokash and Sydney Lucas for editing our episodes. Feel free to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are currently listening to us from. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and Katie Rosen at the Broadway Podcast Network, as well as our top patrons, Henry Friedman, Brian Thompson, and PCC. Speaking of, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Take a Bow, go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash TAB and become a patron today. Through our Patreon, you will form a relationship with us and get an inside look on what goes into this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash take a bow and follow us on Instagram at take a bow podcast where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions or questions and keep up with all things take a bow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.